Part 3 Hermes Trismegistus Chapter 22 The Source I was centered on the axis of eternity. All the life force was swirling around my essence, and all its light rushed through me and into colors no eye could fathom. Its speed pulled me deeper inside, and even faster than I could imagine. Powerful to be in it together, when all becomes one, and one provides for all. We were formless, shapeless, and we were the purest energy radiating through all form. It was not about where I'd gone, this was it, and every aspect of the life force that my ancestors had carried was beaming here and now. This was the same energy that all descendants borrowed when they rented an embodiment of their own. I was being offered up to the source, passing on with the light. At the same time it passed through me. This light cleansed me, and any thoughts of my past were never here. I could not think of who I was back then, because all I knew was that I was right here. Emitting and growing, this tunnel of light was like a stained glass window to the soul of all beings encapsulating me to its peak. Moving with the vibration, I flowed to a place where there was an altar, and on it I saw a black and white card. A card? Moving closer to the card, I felt the heat of a thousand suns began to surge. I reached for the card, but the source pulled me away. The energy turned into a vortex. Heat was pulling me under before I could see what it was. Now flames began scorching everything in sight. Rebirth, Rebirth, said the voice. Too much, so bright. I was slipping away, out of the source, when thousands of pages burned around a tunnel directing my essence. The flames were ripping me apart, shredding my soul to pieces, and there was nothing to hang on to, nothing at all, until I saw the white hand of the psychopomp reaching for me. I grabbed on with all my might. The fire was gone when the weight of a giant wave pulled me under. It extinguished the flames, and there was no light left in this place. Cold, dark, and alone, all I could do was submit to the current while tremendous force dragged me along the ocean floor. Helpless and lost, I was drowning until I heard the voice speak. Good morning, morning, my son. son. Ready Ready to see the light. light. Will you paint paint us a picture picture of life life before the night? night. A vibration started humming. It was molding my frame back together. This secluded place was lonesome, too dark for my bright soul. But when I heard the voice resonate again, I knew this was the mother's womb to make my body whole. In between between the darkness, 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 the light will pass. pass. Look up, look look down. down. It's life life at last. The voice faded away. A ray of white light broke open like a pinprick of hope, and so my essence crawled toward it. Pulling at the edges of the universe, I'd do anything to get closer to the light. Narrow walls were casting my arms and legs, then fingers and toes, and just as I thought I'd never make it, something took hold of my wrist. All I cared for was this light, but then another hand grabbed onto my ankle trying to hold me back. I kicked it away when another figure took hold of my neck. Dozens of hands and arms were pulling at me from all sides. Let us make the most most of the now, now, because I'd hate to live the never. never. The voice came back to me. And as for this life, life, pay death as your toll. toll. I'll meet you in the darkness. darkness. Good morning, morning, old soul. soul. The light pulled me through when air rushed past my face. My eye opened and I was lying in the cave beside the 28th psychopomp. What do you remember? asked the psychopomp. I looked down at my arms, then to my naked body. Tell me what happened before you forget, said the 28th psychopomp. The black and white hands held me as clouds passed over the opening of the cavern. Looking up, there was a mountain and trees along the ridgeline. 
What did it say? asked the psychopomp. I don't know. I paused and took a breath into my lungs. I saw light, and I remember a card. Then a great fire spread, and, and I remember reaching for you. Ether, you reached the high source. And what was on the card? said the psychopomp. I paused. I don't remember. Looking around, this cave was filled with empty bodies. Judging by all the lifeless humans and animals lying on all sides, this was the psychopomp's home. You keep the dead. No, the psychopomp paused. I look for lost souls. You see, some spirits run when they die. They get so afraid once they leave the body that they slip away and wander. And that's why I keep the bodies, just in case I cross paths with them again. And that way I can remind the deceased they're not alone. I always look for old souls when I can. They're usually hiding in familiar places, said the psychopomp. How? I asked. The spectrum of energy I see is not the same spectrum of the human eye. This is my uniqueness. It is my gift, and no one else sees the soul. No one but I, said the psychopomp. All these dead vessels had been well cared for, from small animals to powerful beings. Their bodies were lined side by side in peaceful positions across the ground. The psychopomp helped me sit up when a white and black card slipped out from under me. It was the same card from the vision. We all get a card when we die. It's the result of what you became, based on the choices you made when you were living in the body, said the psychopomp. I turned the card over, but it was blank. Then again, I've never seen a living body survive the source, said the psychopomp. I wouldn't worry about the card. It means your purpose on this planet is not over. The 20th psychopomp emptied its pockets and handed me an arrowhead wrapped in a canvas and then some cloth to cover my missing eye. If you remember your past life, it's best to let it go. It's behind you for a reason, said the 20th psychopomp. The guru always says, be here now. The psychopomp reached in its other pocket and handed me two flint stones. Reaching with my left, I noticed old scars that had been cut through my palms and healed since then. You should take some clothes, it said. These bodies won't need it. And did you get a card? Have you died before? Many times, the psychopomp nodded. I've seen many cards over my deaths. But the last card I got, well, we rarely speak about our last card. Why is that? Well, because we embody it. Mine was something like a vision of my soul wearing this cloak, said the psychopomp. All our past lives are like a test to see where the root of our energy is stretched. Can you imagine lightning? We are tracking our own paths to see how we illuminate ourselves. Only when I was strong and virtuous did I become anointed with the right of carrying the dead. I served many life sentences. I was incarnated in all sorts of animals and trees, and I even spent a few millennia in the ocean before I was able to travel the cosmic seas. I turned over the blank card again and wondered what it meant. We are given many chances. The one is truly compassionate, but we cannot understand the journey until we pass on from our body. You came back for a reason, and your choices will decide who you become, said the psychopomp. And how many of these dead ones were given another chance? I looked around the cave at the body still clothed. They too had no idea when the end was coming, yet death had taken them whenever it decided. Some were dressed for work, others ready for bed, but all these creatures seemed at peace together as they lay around us dead. I'll need to go now. There are many others that will pass soon, and I suppose this stone is better for you than it is for me.
said the psychopomp, and handed me the greenish-white stone. The serpentine gem fell into my palm while the psychopomp backed away and put its palms together in prayer. It faded from view and disappeared, naked and alone in the cave. I looked out upon the bodies. They were all similar, except for the golden glow shining across the cavern. You'd remember a light like that, and it reminded me of the warmth before birth, the same little light that I found poking through the bullet hole of a cell I once lived in. I took a step toward it when I noticed the copper helmet was molded from ancient pennies. Glowing from the sunlight above, the mask was connected to the body of a black membrane with black boots and gloves. Instinct pulled the arrowhead out from the canvas when I set the stones beside the empty card as I crept closer. If an extractor was here, then I'd need to kill it one more time just to be sure. I kicked a chew, but the extractor's body lay limp. A bloody hole was pierced through the spine and protruded out the neck. He had gotten everything he deserved. Standing tall above it, I rolled the body over to reveal the man who had been hiding all along. But first there was a badge with the name of a man who once lived inside. I read aloud, General Extractor, T. Hammond, Number 28.